142 together. With my voice I cry out to the Lord, and with my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. When my spirit faints within me, you know my ways. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. I cry to you, O Lord, and say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning. And though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. Our gospel reading set aside for this day is the entire chapter of John 9. You're not going to be standing that whole time. We're going to read the first seven verses. Uh, But I have a challenge for you, and late in the day as it is, it's a uh, good challenge for a pastor to put upon you. I'm going to ask you to have your eyes closed while I read it. You'll see why in a little bit. Uh, If balance is an issue, by all means, keep them open. And if uh, hearing is an issue, keep them open so you can read the text at least. Uh, But the first seven verses, and I challenge you to uh, have your eyes closed. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. And then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may open your eyes. I don't have all of John 9 memorized, (coughs) so sorry. (laughs) Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, there are so many times where uh, we either close our eyes or uh, are blind to how you work. We pray that you work by your Spirit. Continually open our eyes to your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness for us in Christ. Let us rejoice and all that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you heard those 
first words of the opening lines of John 9 where Jesus and his disciples are walking along and we get into this situation. We see a blind beggar, a guy who was walking along the roads blind from birth, having never seen anything. Have you ever thought about what that might be like? Have you ever thought of what it might be like to try to describe a color to a blind person? If you just tell somebody, hey, that apple is red, what's, what's that mean? Blue, what's green, right? What do mountains look like? What do rivers look like when you can see the light reflecting off of the waters and shining through and you see the rocks and the fish and everything else going along? It's hard to imagine what it would be like for folks who have seen their entire life to be able to describe something to someone who has never seen anything. And as we've walked through these Sundays, we're seeing Jesus encountering different people and different situations. And so we saw Jesus encountering Satan in the desert with temptation. We saw Jesus encountering Nicodemus in the middle of the night with pride. We saw Jesus encountering the woman at the well with shame. And today we see Jesus encountering this blind man, and he also has a couple of other encounters. But what's interesting to see is some of the opposition that comes up in the middle of these encounters. You see, as they're walking along in that first section, as that blind man is there by the side of the road and begging, and as they come into this moment, the man has need. He needs his daily bread taken care of. He needs all of those things. He can't work. Uh, he needs some help. And though it's not an outright opposition initially, there is a little bit of an opposition from the disciples of what's going on. See, Jesus is there and knows what the guy needs for care and for nurturing and to be made whole and right and brought back into the community in a whole way. And the disciples are concerned about a theological conundrum. Was it this man, sin, or was it his parents, sin, for the reason why he was born blind? Well, that was the thought of the day. In the midst of all of the teachings of the uh, Pharisees and in the midst of all of the teachings of the scribes and everybody else that were there, they would teach that the reason that there were maladies in your life was because either your parents sinned greatly or you sinned greatly in some way. Because to be blessed by God would be to have health and wealth and status and everything else. And Jesus says, no, it's, it's neither of those things. This man was born blind so that the glories of God may be seen. Now that's something that is kind of hard for us to wrap our heads around, right? Why might somebody be born blind? Why might somebody be born deaf? Why might somebody be born with some kind of malady? Why might somebody be born and then later in life get cancer? Why might somebody be born and have a tragic situation in life? These are hard things for us to wrap our heads around. And in this specific instance, Jesus says, no, he was born blind so that God's work could be seen. Huh. So he heals him. Takes his eyes that can't see any of the temporal world and opens them to be able to see the beauty of God's creation. A little mud, a little spit, a little washing in a pool that was in Jerusalem known for healing powers of such as people would go and wash there and be cleansed. 
least that was their hope. You can imagine him coming out of the water and actually being able to see sunlight, being able to know what green trees look like, being able to know what the clothing that people were wearing looked like, being able to know what the animals that he had smelled his whole life had looked like, being able to know all of these different facets of life, but being able to see them fully and completely and sharply and clearly, I can imagine that that man had the best vision out of anybody. Jesus just made his eyes. It's amazing. Open to the light to be able to see things. As Jesus said, you know, right now it's light, so we have to do the work in the light because there's a day coming where the darkness is going to come in and the night's coming and we're not going to be able to do any work at all. So let us work and do God's work while it's light. So that people can see. Let's keep hearing from the gospel. I'm not going to make you stand up every time during the gospel reading. Don't worry. Verses 8 through 12. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, Yeah, it's him. And others said, No, it looks like him. And he kept saying, I am him. I am the man. And so they said to him, then how were your eyes open? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I don't know. (laughs) He has no idea what Jesus looks like. He hasn't seen him yet. Remember, Jesus put the mud on his eyes and he said, find your way over to the pool and uh, go wash. And then when you come up, your eyes are going to be cleansed. And so the guy came up, his eyes are cleansed. Jesus is nowhere to be seen. Dude has no idea what Jesus looks like at all. So this whole time he's like, I don't know, but this is what he did. Right? I can see. And the neighbors are confused. First off, they don't even really trust the fact that it's him. These folks that have lived around this guy his entire life said, isn't that the guy that used to beg and be blind? And he said, yeah. And others said, no, it just looks like him. And the whole time he's going, it's me. I'm here. I can see. Rejoice with me. It's amazing throughout this entire reading how much joy this blind man has, as he should, because he's no longer blind, and he can see everything. And every interaction, everybody's concerned about whether or not it was his sin or his parents' sin or whether or not it's him or, you know, who's this Jesus guy or where is he? And the guy's like, I can see. Can you rejoice with me that I can see? My eyes have been opened to be able to see the beauties of God's creation and this wonder of who this man is that does miracles. Look at the miracle that happened. I can see. There's a lot of times in life where we get caught up in so many other things and we may miss the fact to rejoice together that salvation has happened in Christ. There's an interesting thing I was listening to from... um, a speaker, I can't remember her name at the very moment, but she had walked out of an alternate lifestyle, you want to call it that, out of a gay lifestyle, and she's now married, and she said one of the hardest things for her was that there was more rejoice over a set of morals than there was over her salvation that had happened years earlier. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? 
the fact that many times we will get caught up in teachings and we will get caught up in an assumed right way of living and say that if you meet this standard, then everything's good. And we miss the fact that God made them his child in their baptism, that he opened their eyes to be able to see his word. Now, everything in life is going to be messy, and there are things that go with Scripture and against Scripture, and those are great conversations to have individually and in different ways, and there's a lot of things that are hard to wrestle with, but let's not miss the fact that God works salvation through Jesus Christ alone and not our morals. It does not mean go do what you want. It means rejoice in the fact that God has saved you in Christ and that we want to honor his word and honor all the things that he has said and those are the things that we're left to wrestle with. And sometimes we keep ourselves blind to it and other times he's opened our eyes to be able to work through it. Let's hear who talks next. They, the neighbors, brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. And now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. It's the same story. (laughs) Right? Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things, such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, well, he's a prophet. Again, focused on the things and not rejoicing with the man. This guy can see his eyes are opened. He hears the voice and word of the Lord that says, I am making all things right with you. I am announcing to you that it wasn't you who sinned or your parents who sinned, but that the glories of God may be shown and your eyes will be opened. And the neighbor said, yeah, maybe. Let's go take him to the Pharisees and figure out. And the Pharisees said, all right, so let's check our boxes here. Uh, When did it happen? Oh, it happened on the Sabbath. Well, anybody who works on the Sabbath can't be from God. Huh? This guy opened his eyes. There's a miracle that just happened right here. This guy has sight. And so now all of a sudden the division comes in amongst the ranks of the teachers of Israel. And is it, you know, the ones who say, well, he must have been a sinner because he worked on the Sabbath, and others are saying, well, God wouldn't be with a sinner and do such signs through a sinner. So now all of a sudden we have to work through this messiness and try and figure this out. And they go back to the guy again because he's got the one straight story. Guy put mud on my eyes, I washed, I see. It's it, miracle. And they said, so what do you say about him? He's obviously one from God. He's done work that nobody else in my entire life could do. Mom couldn't put mud and dirt on my eyes and make me see. Nobody else was able to make me see. Nobody else was able to bring any sort of healing. The doctors couldn't do it. The sacrifices couldn't do it. None of the other things could do it. But this guy did it. I can see. But they're too caught up in all the other things to see it. Blind to this beautiful gift that's been given to him. We continue on. A little bit longer reading. But here we go. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight 
until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents say, that's our son. We know it. <clears throat> and that he was born blind. But how he sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. And now his parents said this and said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I've already told you, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? I love that line. I've already spoken the clear, true word of God to you, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Why do you want me to tell you the story again? Do you want to become his disciple? Do you want to be one who follows Jesus and confess him to be the Christ? Because someone else is going to have to throw you out of the synagogue, Pharisees, if that happens. But do you want to hear his word? Do you want to hear what he does for you? Do you want to see what he's done for people? And they reviled him saying, you're his disciples, but we're disciples of Moses. I can imagine like a third grade tone on the play yard in the middle of that one. No, I'm not. You are. <laughs> we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. And if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, you were born in utter sin. And would you teach us? And they cast him out. Well, that's kind of interesting. They just told this guy he was born in utter sin. What did Jesus say? Well, it wasn't his sin that he's born blind. It wasn't his parents' sin. He was born blind simply so the works of God could be shown. In this moment, the Pharisees are putting their hands over their eyes like the little kid playing hide-and-seek and saying, I don't want to see the fact that this man might just be the son of God. I don't want to see the fact that all of our beliefs and all of the things that we've understood about God might be wrong. I don't want to understand the fact that we might have been teaching an incorrect thing. I don't want to understand the fact that any of that might be. I want to live in this bubble that we've created where we have health and wealth and status and everything else, and I don't want to see the fact that this guy might be coming to uproot everything. He makes it too easy. Again, missing the fact that they get to rejoice with the guy who can actually see again. Jesus heard that they cast him out. 
And having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. Again, when folks say that Jesus doesn't claim to be the Son of God or the Savior or the Messiah or any of those things, get to the book of John. Over and over and over again, Jesus stands there and says, you want to know who the Son of God is? You want to know who the one is who healed you? You want to know who the one is who brings life and forgiveness and everything else? I'm right here. And you can see me. Think about that. This guy born blind out of the handful of folks that he's finally been able to see in life. He finally got to see his parents again. He finally got to see who these religious leaders are and listen to them. And now he finally gets to look in the face of our Lord and hear the words from his mouth, I'm the one that opened your eyes. It's me. Here I stand, the one that was prophesied about in the book of Daniel as the son of man, the one who is prophesied about by all the other prophets saying that he's going to come as one that looks like the son of man to come and forgive the sins of the world and die in their place and rise again and bring God's judgment upon the sinful and then also bring grace and mercy and forgiveness to all of those who are sinners. Forgive them. How beautiful it would have been with brand new open eyes to look on the face of the Lord and hear that. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus speaks in such parabolic ways a lot of times that it's really hard to see. But let's try and work through that statement just a little bit. Those who, okay, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see. Those who are humble enough to see that maybe they don't have the right way. Those who sit in a moment and say, maybe I can't quite see everything or maybe I don't quite have it all figured out. Maybe I do need some help from outside. Maybe I need somebody else to step in and open my eyes. For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see and those who see may become blind. Those who have got it all figured out. Those who walk in with pride to say, I know how this whole thing works. I know how it's all supposed to happen. And he says, they're going to be the ones that end up blind to the fact that God comes to forgive our sins. Those who live and say, I have no sin. As we opened up in the service and we hear, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, we have sight that sees our sin. Instead of sight that focuses in on our righteousness to lift it up to God. He says, look, I'm going to open your eyes and it's going to be scary. Because you're going to see things that are sinful. But I'm going to focus your eyes on me. And my forgiveness and life that I bring you. And those who don't see their sin, they're going to be made 
blind to everything. They're going to have their eyes closed. They're not going to be able to see all the goodness and grace and rejoice and wonderful things that God is doing. They're going to be blind to the light of the world who's come into the world into the midst of darkness, right? Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, so are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you'd have no guilt. But now that you say, we see, your guilt remains. Some things we'll need better clarification from Jesus with. But I think the heart of that is pretty much what we were just kind of walking through before and saying before, there's times and places where we look to God and we say, I've got it all figured out. Here it is. Look how good I am. Look at the stuff I'm bringing. Look at what I've done. And he says, that's what you want to hold on to? Okay. But if that's what you want to hold on to, you're not going to get to see the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we walk in and we say, God, I can't see anything I've got nothing. And he says, no, your hands are full of Jesus. I'm going to come into your blindness, he says. I'm going to open your eyes, he says. I'm going to bring light into the middle of your darkness. I'm going to bring forgiveness into the middle of your guilt, into the middle of your shame, into the middle of all those things. I'm going to forgive you and bring you into a place of honor where you were despised in blindness and everyone looked down. I'm going to lift you up with open eyes as you come out of the waters of your baptism and hear the beautiful words of God, this is my beloved child, forgiven, brought into the kingdom, and Christ comes again. And he says, all of you that thought you had it figured out, well, you can go sit in that. Those of you that had no idea about what it was going to take, I'm going to bring you my righteousness. You're not bringing me anything except for your guilt and shame and everything else. And he says, and I bring you forgiveness. I bring you my grace. And I bring you into the kingdom of everlasting life. What a beautiful place. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? Amen. You pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you continually come into our darkness and bring your light. It's going to hurt at times as you open our eyes to see our sin. It's also going to be joyous at times when you focus us on the forgiveness that you bring us in Jesus. And we pray that as our days go on, that you would keep our eyes focused in upon him, his word for us, his life for us, his blood washed over us to make us clean. We pray that you would continue to bring us life and light and let us rest in your promises for us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as we sing.